0: This podcast is made possible by McDSP, makers of the award winning APB 16 and APB 8 hardware and professional audio plugins. Learn more at McDSP.com. Hey, it's Larry Crane. Welcome to the Tape Op Podcast. In keeping with their long standing partnership, Panda Bear and Sonic Boom, also known as Noah Lennox and Pete Kemper, have teamed up again to create Reset, a collection of songs that started with Sonic Boom sending song length two track samples pulled from his vinyl collection to Panda Bear to write to. The result is an album that sounds like summer, with lyrical themes of hope and the need for common ground. Noah and Pete caught up with Jeff Stanfield from their homes in Portugal to discuss enjoy
1: uh
0: i get bombarded with um requests to do these interviews and talk about records and um i would say you know the majority of i pass on but i uh I really love first of all i just i really love both the work that you guys do I- individually and and otherwise but um um this record really i i love it i mean i i have to say that it was a record that felt extremely familiar to me in so many ways and totally fresh at the same time which was uh really nice and, and i found myself listening to it um not just as research to speak with you guys but to um you know, just because I really, I really dug it. And, um, so thank you. I mean, you guys have have collaborated in the past on both tomboy and panda bear meets the grim reaper, but this new record reset, it has a bit of a different bent.
2: I feel like we've just sort of over the, since we met and started working together, we've just kind of gotten closer in and closer in, uh, both personally and, uh, creatively, I guess. So it just felt like an organic kind of tightening the whole time. Um, So with Tomboy, I had recorded all that stuff myself for better or worse, and uh, handed off the the stems essentially to Pete to mix. Then Grim Reaper, we kind of started from the beginning, but it was still all my, my stuff. Um, and then this one sort of felt like the logical next step of like both of us contributing songs and arrangements and just sort of uh, collaborating completely on the whole thing.
3: Yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, the, the, the inception of it was a uh, maybe. Let's see, and uh, I. Uh, I had this idea but I just noticed from listening, I I still notice on some songs, I I still hear it the whole time. I'm like, ooh, the start of that song is such a good loop. um, I thought it might be fun to try and put something together, just, you know, simple two-track looping up of stuff and, uh, you know, making four minutes out of the loop, more or less, or something, four or five minutes out of the loop. And see what happened i i uh it wasn't something we sort of set out to do on purpose it's sort of was just something that happened sort of organically a little bit and um yeah so i, I didn't actually I, I don't know why I'd, i i i it took me a while to send the stuff to Noah because I, I wasn't really sure if he'd be into it or not because i knew that you know they had a certain um the stuff was from a certain era, and I didn't know how much he, he would resonate with it or not, but um, clearly he did.
2: We didn't, it wasn't like, let's make an album. It was really, this was sort of, I think, in the kind of, I think it was sort of the first summer of COVID. So somewhere in there, maybe towards the end of the first summer of COVID. And uh, it was, I found that working, was kind of like the best way that I could get my mind off, or maybe the only way I could get my mind off sort of the spinning and the chaos okay. outside. So I really sort of leaned into that. I was just kind of taking anything that came across my my path. But uh, when Pete was like, I have these loops, you want to try something on them? Uh, I was like just so ready and so excited to to
0: dig into it. Pete, did you literally just go Were you just create you know on a sort of a listening bent to that you know going down a path in terms of I mean I do this all the time like I'll just kind of go down a rabbit hole in terms of my listening and what I'm into at the moment and then kind of find myself just immersed i'm just peeling back you know just one thing leads to another and i'm i'm you know exploring a a new genre or whatever i mean is that sort of what happened with this or were you going specifically to like oh i like this tune or i mean because some of these are i mean these are real a lot of tracks from the 60s and i I don't know if every single uh track on the records started with a loop some of them are are more obvious than others and we'll, we'll talk about some of the songs specifically uh later but um
3: When one of the reasons was, of course, I mean, COVID was a big part of this whole record and uh, in in different ways. But initially, I mean, you know, everyone had a lot of time on their hands and, you know, there's only there's only so so much you can watch on Netflix or whatever. It really gets very limited very quickly for me anyway. Um, So you know, I, I got a lot of records, and I, when I moved to Portugal, I brought them here, and uh, it was nice going back through records I'd had for years, but things that were always, you know, things like Eddie Cochran or or, or, or the Everly Brothers, which always just, you know, um, always meant a lot to me, really, so I was listening to those records, and yeah, through it was a slowly dawning process that there was uh, that I had. A, there were lots of these tracks, um, where I really thought the intro, even if the intro didn't really have that much to do with the song itself. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, well, the, the one, uh, Living in the After is like, you know sort of made it out two different parts of that an intro and then it was lucky because it was like uh, it was that instrumental break in that song with the the strings um, so just just through messing around with it really but yeah it, it was it was through having a lot of time and going back through listening to all my records again and seeing going through my records and seeing I even had some records I'd bought that I'd never listened to so uh, or I'd listened to only once and I couldn't remember why so I was going through all this stuff and of course the records I only listened to once there was there was a reason for it when I listened to it again
1: More, but you just want you yeah, searching, but you can't be sure. But you can't be sure, so you take a dip in the deepest. End. Taking it around, again. waiting
0: for you to save. Land. After. On a tune like Edge of the Edge, where you've got this Randy and the Rainbow sample from Denise. How do you completely reimagine a song that's so established you know I mean you 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 you're, you recreated a melody for this and just reimagined a song based on this sort of intro what what's your approach on that
2: uh well most of the stuff I didn't even though I felt like it was kind of familiar I didn't the uh, like the melody of the original didn't wasn't in my brain okay. so I kind of just And he, Pete sent way more loops than we ended up using. Like, I feel like there was like 40 of them or something. So I would just choose the ones where like when I listened to it the first or second time, I would already kind of have like an idea. The ones that really just sort of like appeared to me really quickly is that those are the ones that I would work on. So um, I wish I could say like, there was like a, a master plan or some kind of like blueprint that I had, but really it was just sort of like following my nose and, um just seeing what happened and if it, it start if something started to happen, you just kind of keep going down that road and see what happened.
1: You took it up, but you can put it back. You took it out, but you can put it back again. You took the swig and then you take a crack You're running quick but you're running off the track One day's to break the fall One way to take us all to the shore Can't say it's what you're barking for It's forever at the push of a button
0: is that you weren't necessarily familiar with a lot of these tunes
2: not familiar enough that hearing the intro kind of put the whole song and, and right. even
3: you know what even if you know uh you know a friend of mine for example who would know three steps to heaven really well he loves that sort of music music of that era he, he said it sounds familiar but he couldn't place it and I was like you'll kick yourself when I tell you what it is but I think that's the I mean, people would have figured out what the samples are because the the songs start just the same as the the originals did. It's just what happens afterwards goes. But I think that what what Noah did that was really awesome, I I think, and we both do it anyway uh, in our music, is where we sometimes use quite simple structures to the songs but create an actual song on top of it with sort of sleight of hand a little bit and moving around, making something appear that it actually... Well, making something actually have something to it that's to do with the arrangement essentially and the way that it changes over the arrangement over over a pretty static loop and i know when he started sending me the tracks back um one by one i mean each one as they came through uh i was just like Phew. because what he did his vocal on it and there was just the loop originally there was just the loops and his vocal and i i mean In essence, you know the song was was there already. It it had already made this transition to where it was clearly something totally different and was uh, an original work.
0: Right. And so, Noah, were you taking the the initial loops and seeds from Peter, and and then creating melodies, vocals? and then keys and et cetera, you're just sort of going for it, or did you guys kind of go back and forth on that stuff? What was the process like in terms of getting to the final final stage?
2: The first wave was just me, me doing vocals and he would send me uh, a, an audio file of the loop. there's a couple of the tracks that were a little more involved than just like one loop the whole time, like living in the after goes back and forth between two different parts. And I think there may be another one like that, but um, he would, they were of various lengths, the, the, the the different loops that he would send me or like the, the compositions of loops that he would send me. And uh, I don't really know why, but I I felt like I should try to figure out a a song that would um, kind of gracefully fit into the exact length of the loop that he sent. Like, I didn't want to chop it up at all or, Um, so something like living in the after was a little tricky because it's just, it moves, it moves like in really odd ways. Like it kind of goes to what I would call the chorus, like really early. Um, but I I thought that sort of challenge was, was fun and kind of cool just to try to like, okay, the, the, this, this song is going to be four minutes and 13 seconds. How can I, how can I write something that really fits uh perfectly into that or sort of complements whatever I felt was happening in that in the sequence everything else all the percussion keyboards uh everything else we did together uh kind of after I'd done all the the vocal stuff for all the songs
3: I was going to say, living in the after. I think the arrangement of that one was you did that. I I put something together that had the intro part and that string runaway bit, and I'm pretty sure you chopped that one up. But I, I'm trying. I don't think there's the only the only other one yeah. where it sort of I might have had where it had two samples that it went between. We took out the sample out of.
2: Yeah, maybe living in the after was like me trying to do something that I, I that felt really unnatural and try to make it feel natural. It was like a weird kind of challenge mode or something. Sounds like me.
0: Before Pete jumped on um, Noah, you and I were talking about the the theme of the record lyrically because it's a very hopeful sounding record. I mean, sonically, it's very um, uh, uplifting for the most part and 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 hopeful sounding to me.
2: Yeah we wanted it to be and, and we had a lot of conversations before and during making the thing of like addressing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah I just feel like being cynical as dark as things seem to be it just doesn't seem to be like helpful at all so I'd rather try to um induce some some type of like positive energy and uh, not in like a naive way or, or like a kumbaya way, just like being cynical isn't going to solve anything. So I guess I just feel like trying to be hopeful or trying to see, think about ways out of this just seems more productive, I guess. But uh, I, I think perhaps like the broad stroke of the thing lyrically is really uh, thinking about Um, how we seem to be, as I told you uh, before Pete got on, it seems like we're kind of branching off into ever more exclusive groups of people and uh, like defining ourselves by like the, just the really small details. Um, Whereas I feel like the record is trying to suggest at at various points that there's way more that we have in common than that's different about us. Um, Though that may take a, a little like thinking about to 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 parse it but uh i think it's it's a choice that we can make to focus on those all those things that that are common to us um and i think the record hopes that we try I, to do I that. i think
3: also i guess it was done in covid and you know when we were doing this i mean we were both i mean you know having worked with with noah uh, before, uh, it was different. I mean, we were both crushed by not just, you know, not just COVID, but other, other world events, let's say without naming any names. I think we can all guess what I'm talking about. But, um, and, uh, you know, it's like, as Noah says, what you do you do? You bitch about it or you try and do something positive. It, it's really, it really is the only answer and as the songs for me started coming through from Noah it was clear to me that uh, that lyrically he was a super focused place and it was it was like medicine coming through as the songs came through it was just it was really uplifting and i think we once we started growing a little bunch of them we realized that we could um you know that it was heading in this sort of really positive, medicinal sort of direction that um, we should probably try and home in on, and uh, just try and 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 you know project that as much as possible, and give people some uh, something something. You know, uh, you know, with with no delusions that it's going to fix fix uh, any, anything. It plays into that, and and I feel that you know a lot of the issues that we're concerned about are, um, we can deal with them, but you know, most of these things were created by all of us and it's all of us who kind of have to to do our little bit, whatever that little bit is, just like the little bit we did that got us there, even though we might not have even known we were doing it or been totally aware of it. Um, so yeah, it was, <clears throat> I think we had this, we really wanted something to 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 that would lift people, uh, but in but also point them in a positive direction with it, rather than just like, you know, let's party, but let's do something good while we're partying. I, I think it was a common feeling amongst people in the arts at that point, because they were all put on hold straight away, pretty much. Um, there was a, a feeling of there was a question about how consequential is it to actually you're in the arts i mean you know you, you're not in a hospital here you're not you know you're not what what are you actually doing so i think it was really it was really nice to Because, you know, I believe that music is really important, you know, that it's um, for what what it does for people's mindset and how it gets people through stuff sometimes and how it gets them through tough times. And it was always like that for me. There were always some records that really just got me through tough times and could um, some of the inspirations for it, like the ska um, rock steady stuff. I put that music on and it just lifts me straight away every time, and it just has this awesome energy. Where they were going through really tough times in Jamaica, um, tough times with cops, gangsters, you name it, inflation, shortages, and they're talking about it, but in this super positive way. So it's, um, uh, it was, you know, I think, I think, I think we realised that we could, we could cover that and still do it in a, in a really vibey up tempo sort of way.
0: How are you guys working? Like in terms of the technology or what platforms are you guys using? Are you using file share services? Are you, are you close enough where you guys can run over to the each other's places and sit down and work or what are you guys doing?
2: I used um, this program called Luna because I have a universal audio um, sound Device guy interface, <laughs> um, and uh, it's just kind of simple, basic gets the job done, um, and we, we would always send just audio files to each other, um, and then I think it was mixed by Pete yeah. in Pro Tools,
3: yeah, and we, we yeah we, we we're close enough that we can work together. I mean, we're thirty minutes or so from each other. And we did do that. Um, And especially, I mean, for me, particularly being able to go into Lisbon during the lockdown and actually do something, move around a little bit and uh, have an excuse because here you could, if you were working, you had the right to be out doing it. But it was just a really, it was a really interesting period because Lisbon, which is quite a busy city, was dead as a dodo, as you can imagine, like like all the cities were, I guess, especially big cities like that. So it was, uh, it was nice to be able to do the, the stuff together. And um, yeah, but yeah, of course, we, we were we were sending stuff, you know, back and forth as well digitally to each other.
0: Let's go through a few of the tracks on the record. And how about getting to the point?
2: I think that was I the first one, right?
3: I th- yeah, I do. I think it was. I think it, I
2: think it was. It's the only one that features live drums. You can't really hear them, but they're there. I, I did, like, a, I played Kit on that. Yeah, that kind of starts off the whole, like, sort of the broad stroke of the album lyrically, I feel like, that I was talking about. That's a pretty good, like, poster child for that one. Um, Just feeling frustrated that People aren't getting along and trying to see a way through it. I guess
3: it, 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 that was one actually that we probably added least of, of all the tracks. That might be closest to, to the sample and Noah's vocal. I know there's, there's a few extra little bits, but that's that's quite a lot of the meat of that one. I mean, as I say, when the when the tracks came through with his vocal and the, what he arranged was a song with his vocal on the. It was already clear. I mean, you could have actually kind of released it at that point, really. It was nice to be able to try these extra things and try the percussion stuff. And I got a bunch of guiros and we sort of, I guess, again, I'd listened to this scar and stuff since I was a kid, since I was like 13. And it suddenly clicked on me when I was listening. Oh my God, a lot of my favorite tracks always have this. This superb sort of mechanical, rhythmic Guaro action to it makes the whole thing feel like it's a sort of a system that's working. You know, I played the guiro on yeah most of the tracks. I think uh, there's, there's a couple of guiros on things like "Danger." It has has alternating pushing and pulling guiros in places.
1: And I
0: How about uh, I'm here? I'm looking at this list of songs. I, I really love all of them. It's just such a good top to bottom, uh, you know, piece of work. But um, how about um, "Danger"? Now, my guess was that this was an Everly Brothers sample. Just uh, I, I'm not sure, but and I actually went through on. Uh, I was going down a list of love of my life. What's that? This song. Yeah, is that the track? Okay. Well, I just, you know, there's so many Everly Brothers tracks that have that that guitar mm-hmm. figure, you know. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that one, uh, "Danger."
2: Well, that th- that one to me is that's the one that I thought we did first, um, <laughs> but it's kind of it's just like a, a like a it's a love song, but. Um, kind of approaching it from the opposite end, not the beginning, sort of like the end, I guess. Uh, or or l- instead of looking from the beginning to the future, it's kind of looking from the future to the past, I guess. Um, but it's a love song really at heart.
1: do for me? Can't you see what you do to me? Into the air like a fallen leaf, got in a twist, but it's probably brief. Up to the edge of the subtle cold when will you come, come back to me? Only a limb with a broken bone. When can I give, give it to you? Later,
3: when you that, that, that's one that um, we might have done the most on, pretty much. And we, when we had the tracks, we started to get the percussion stuff and started to, you know, because. And we really didn't know what we were doing, and and it was tough. It felt tough doing it. It really did. It was it was nice to be doing it, but it still felt tough. And I think a lot of the time we were. I know this is for a tape op interview, but we were. You know, I I I, I summarize it by you know. No, it's okay. Which mic do you want to use? And I would say which one's set up. <laughs> we were very. We also, I mean, we also use. We, I, I'd got a new, new scent that I thought would be juicy. Arturia Micro Freak, um, and I hadn't. I purposefully not got it out of the box or not, not delved into it. I wanted it the first time we used it to be in the studio, and to any juice that we found straight away could get used straight away. And sure enough. Preset 1, as we turned on the machine. (laughs) Started playing something to Danger and we were like, "Okay, Preset 1, that's perfect. Um, So, which which I don't think is either our go-to mode normally. But I mean, that synth, uh, we might have just particularly got lucky with what they they put early on in in some of the presets. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not a preset guy at all, but uh, it was really... It was really strange, um, and that one has the the Noah did that really cool echoing synth part that sort of speaks back and forth, sort of pizzicatos almost back and forth to each other. Which is, uh, and the way the guiros work in that song—that's the one with the two guiros in part of it, where they they push and pull against each other, and it just. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, Jim Dickinson said, if, if you've got the song, it, nothing else actually really matters. You, you can hardly fuck it up. And actually, it'll just get more magical because it'll just inspire, you know, anyone who comes near it will, will be pulled into its magnetism. And I don't know why some songs, you get lucky with that. And I think that was one of those, that one particularly, for me anyway, it's just like. Oh, all you do
1: yeah. for me, can what you do to me I'm glad for the day Even when it's great Show me a place Where my thoughts can go Play to the end Of a brittle tape When we you play Play it for me And to the end Of this cold landscape I'll keep coming Back for more I'll get when you're get a hold of me. I'm a danger When I'm get a hold of me, I've got to get back
0: to that. Home. Yeah. Yeah, and just real quick before we gotta go, how about living in the after? That one that one is a real real world of its own.
2: Well, Pete's been trying to get me to do a song with strings for a a while. And uh, he finally cracked the code. I guess Pete Pete was right that I, this is the one I probably futzed with the uh, the file that he sent me to try to set it up in a way that um, didn't seem obvious or something. And then trying to navigate uh, like a blueprint for a song that would fit into that template. Um, and it was, a would say that was the most challenging one, not only in terms of the, like the structure and the arrangement, but also just sort of like the mood of it felt like it was difficult for me to figure out a way a way into it, I guess. Um, it wasn't, that wasn't one of the ones that I, like in an afternoon, I just sort of whipped out.
3: And, and it has that, that, I think that's the one that, that isn't, it's the only one that doesn't actually go on a grid. I went out of my way for everything to be nice and grid friendly but that one the the two samples have uh, yeah, they they've got play in them and it's kind of part of the magic of the thing but it definitely made it a little tougher to to do stuff
2: you can hear the tempo slow down when it goes into the chorus just ever so slightly it's probably like an eighth of a bpm or something like that but you can you can hear it kind of like suddenly sort of like lurch a little bit Sorry Pete I cut you off.
3: On that one and also you did it straight away on on Go on where you know it had, had this repetitive relentless riff and at a certain point taking that out uh you know for before the last section just delivers so much energy or release or something after it. And you did it on uh, Living in the After as well where there's a certain point you're like you know what I, at this point and before it goes back into the vocal, let's just cut it here. And those sort of those sort of fake is those sort of drops, it's amazing uh, how powerful and what, what energy they can bring. Sometimes just taking a lot of the stuff out for a second is uh, is really nice. It's a nice shock to the yeah. system. Yeah. Great. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks Jeff. Thanks again. Thank for
0: Thanks for this record and we'll, uh, thanks, we'll be in touch. Thanks
1: for talking to us, man. Thanks for listening. Find us online at tapeop.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time.